Cowboys to talk of MLS. It's the head coach of your hometown, United. This is the Adrian Heath Show. Welcome to the Adrian Heath Show with host Jamie Watson. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Adrian Heath Show. I am your host, Jamie Watson. Today is April 29th. It is an action-packed show today. I am back. I'm sorry to say that, Adrian. Yep. You had a chance last week to have a proper host of the show. Finally, Jonathan Harrison, our producer, did an amazing job filling in, did a wonderful job, much appreciated. Uh, you ended the last week's show, Adrian, saying that hopefully I will see you in the same seat next week hosting. I am sorry <laughs> to say that you will not. Adrian, welcome into the show. How are you tonight? I'm good. Yeah, excellent. But... How can you be seriously ill and then be at training the following morning? Do you know that, Jonathan? It was at training. Yeah, I was standing right next to him. I was a little concerned. It was at training the next morning. I'm getting all them texts in the afternoon. I can't make it. I'm seriously <laughs> ill. I don't know what's wrong with me. Next morning, he's there fresh as a daisy at training. Yeah, yeah the 24-hour bug had run its course, so and of course I'm fresh as a daisy. In the little media yeah. uh, walled-off area, which isn't very big, so we're all like... Mm. Yeah, fr- and nobody wants to stand next to him. You noticed that, didn't you? I was, everyone was wanting to stand next to me because I was five pounds lighter. I looked great. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. It was, it was a... <laughs> It was a brutal, brutal way to shed a few LBs, but hey, yeah, I felt well, we'll fit take, as a daisy. We'll take your word for it. Anything to lose five pounds yeah, nowadays, right? Exactly. <laughs> Pass it on to me, then. <laughs> oh, all right, enough about that. You uh, hopefully are still listening. I haven't turned off by my grossness here. Uh, back, full fitness, ready to go. Had to be because it was a busy week for Minnesota United. Adrian Heath, your team embarked on two games, a double game week. For Minnesota United, that's where we left off when Jonathan Harrison, last host of the show, um, looked forward to hosting the LA Galaxy on Wednesday night, and then again on Sunday you had DC United both at home. Um, we'll get to DC United in just a little bit, but first yeah. let's rewind back to Wednesday night. Your team hosted the LA Galaxy, um, a team that is one of the most decorated teams in MLS, with a... Little known forward. Superstar forward, shall we say? Well, if you ask him, for sure. Mm. And if you ask me and everyone yeah. else, we'd agree, but he'd say it first. No, but it was it was nice to see him at the stadium. For some of our supporters, I'm sure they, they can say, hey, I saw Zlatan play. Yeah. You know, because he's coming to the end. As I said at the time, you know, we, we better make the most of him. He'll be like Frank Sinatra. Yeah. He'll be dead and before we realize how good he was. You did say that quote, <laughs> and I actually really liked it because I remember when you first put me on to Frank Sinatra and you said, you got to listen to this guy. And I, yeah. I I quickly started listening to hit after hit and I started, you know, nudging you on the on the chips. Be, Adrian, hey, have you heard this Frank Sinatra song? It's pretty good, huh? <laughs> this guy's all right. What's he up to now? Hey, What's he go on tour? And you're telling to me the he's, real world, he's kicked the bucket a yeah. long time ago here. So, But, hey, it was great to see his lap and I thought we did a great job on him. Yeah, you let's know? get into it. Let's let's talk about it. So your team welcomes in uh, LA Galaxy. Um, at the time, they were uh, another uh, team that had, had been at one end of the league leading board. They'd only given up seven goals, which was a league low at the time. Um, your team was flying high, averaging 2.43 goals a game heading into it. Um, it was third best overall in the league. So something had to give, you thought. Mm-hmm. Well, something did give. It was your team's goal-scoring prowess, uh, averaging nearly two and a half goals a game. The game ends up tied 0-0. But 
you were forced to make a couple of changes prior to the match. Coming back off the Toronto match, uh, Francisco Calvo, Captain Calvo, had a red card. Jan Gregush had a red card. Both players suspended. You opted to add in Eric Miller. Uh-huh. You made a personnel change. You brought in Brent Coleman for Michael Boxel. Uh-huh. So you've made two changes to the back line. You tucked Rasmus Schuler inside. Yeah. He played next to Ozzy Alonso. And then you gave Kevin Molino his first start since returning from an ACL tear. Um, talk us through the decision process going from Friday night in Toronto to the turnaround on Wednesday at home and those changes that you made. Well, I, I think, you know, I, I spoke to Michael Boxel about, you know, his recent form. He's had a few mistakes and he was the, the typical professional that Boxy is. He held his hand up and said, I have made too many mistakes recently and I understand why you're making the change. Not everybody takes it that easily or no, that no, well no, at times. Don't. But hey, he's a great professional boxer, yes, and he yes. realised that you know a few of the errors have been. It's probably an error too many. Uh, the last one in in Toronto, so we decided to bring Brent back. Obviously, Eric was going to be under pressure for that position with Chase Gasper. Had Chase be, been fit, the, the you know the first year draft pick, um, he's but he's done great in training. But he was no longer available. He was on the way back, so Eric was sort of this is what we've got. And I have to say that the one thing about Eric Miller is great professional comes in, gets his work done, and I thought our backline was very very good. And I we made no errors during the night. I spoke about this after the game on on Sunday that. Individual mistakes have cost us. This is not like it's been a, a unit where we've gone, we're all over the place here. We've got to go back to the drawing board. This has been, we've been in good shapes, good positions, people in good spots, close enough, and then making errors. And the errors have cost us. Nearly every mistake that we've made this year has ended up in the back of our net. We didn't make any mistakes against the Galaxy. And I think after the first 10 minutes where we took us a while to get used to their three in midfield, who was going to be where... I thought we were excellent, and I thought after the first 10 minutes, when I look at the full 90 back, which I have done, we were the team in the ascendancy most of the evening, and I think Zlatan had one chance, maybe the header first off, that he looped back over Vito, and it went wide of the far post, but on the whole, I was delighted with our play. Um, I thought... I thought the second half was arguably the be- as good as we've had because we, we kept the crowd in the game. The crowd were magnificent, didn't leave before the end because they could see we were trying to win this game. We were trying everything. And I was really pleased with the players' attitude. And what I did say to the players before the game on Sunday, I want us to finish off. I want us to start where we finished off against the Galaxy. And your team, look, when you play against Zlatan Ibrahimovic, your team gave up what I would classify as one big chance, which was that header to Ibrahimovic. But I think every soccer game he has ever played in, he's had at least one chance. And if it's only one chance, I think you and every coach would yeah. agree. Okay. I'll gladly take that, whether he scores it or not. It's it up was. to him. And, and we, we, you know, we spoke about he's very much a back post player, Zlatan. Whenever the ball goes wide on one side, you can guarantee he's making his way to the back post on the opposite side. And we did a really good job. Eric Miller on one side and Remain on the other side of really getting up against him and making it difficult for him. You're not going out muscling. You know, he's six foot five and he's, you know, he's, you can see his yeah. physique. But what you can do human. is make it difficult for him. You can get against him. You can maybe stop him having them two or three strides run up to get a full powerful header. And I thought we did that really, really well. And, you know... And Brent and uh, Ike, when he did get centrally, they wrapped him up as well. So 
we we did a really good job, and I think you know after the game, as their coach said, they felt they they thought that was a point gained on after the game. So I thought from our point of view, you know, I was really pleased with the players. Yeah, and there was a uh, there was a good battle going on between Brent Coleman, Ikopara, Zlatan, and I thought um, those two handled themselves really really well. The back four looks sharp. Um, going forward, though, it seemed as though a case of just the final ball was kind of lacking. Yeah. I think so. Final ball, final uh, poor decision. But when you look back, Angelo's had two great chances. He cuts uh, inside the defender. Yeah. David Bingham comes out, yeah. makes himself big, and he kind of puts it into David Bingham. Darwin had the same. Same well, one. Came back inside. Across the, then we had one couple across the face of the goal. So we're creating enough chances to have actually won the game. But I wasn't. I wasn't disappointed after the game. You're always disappointed when you don't take three points. But as you've heard me say a million times, you've played for me for a number of years that. I'm more concerned with our performance, the level of performance, because if it's at the level that we know is acceptable for the players and for the coaching staff, invariably that will be enough to get you a result. On this night, it didn't. Sunday, it did. Well, you listen to the voice of Adrian Heath, head coach of Minnesota United, breaking down his team's performance against LA Galaxy, which led to a nil-nil draw. 61st minute comes around. Kevin Molino had gotten his first start yeah. since returning from an ACL tear March 10th of 2018. Um, you bring on Miguel Labara. Mm-hmm. Now, Miguel Labara had missed the home opener on April 13th through a hamstring injury. This was the first moment Miguel Labara was getting to play at Allianz Field. Have you ever heard a reception for a player like that? And what was that like being on the sideline? kind of seeing that moment for one of your players. Well, I was pleased for him. You know, ultimately he has a great relationship with the with the supporters. The, the supporters have taken him as one of their own. You know, he's not from here originally, but you know, he spent most of his professional career here. He's had a couple of years away, but m- majority of it's been here in Minnesota. So I, I was pleased for him. Obviously, he was devastated to miss the home opener and all the hullabaloo that went with it and all the, you know, the excitement of the day. So it was good for getting him on the field. And then I had a decision to make this weekend because, you know, I know what he does for the, the crowd. And sometimes you need players to spark the crowd. And um, I thought he did this week. Came on and... You know, different circumstances, but I thought he was one of the reasons that the game ter- turned in our favor this weekend. Yeah, he was fantastic against DC as well. Um, we'll talk about more of that in just a moment. I wanted to talk to you about um, the comments Zlatan made after the home opener as we start to kind of wrap up the LA Galaxy match on Wednesday, and we'll go right into the DC United win um, yesterday. Zlatan made the comments to the effects after the game that. He is upset that they didn't win because he felt um, his team, uh, if you don't win against a team that you're not better than on the night, it feels disappointing. And kind of had this puzzling quote and assessment of the match saying that, you know, it felt like they dropped two points because the other team wasn't better than them on the night. And then you got asked the question the next day, what did you make of it? I thought you had one of the best responses I've ever heard you say in as long as I've ever known you. When you were asked about your thoughts on those comments, what was your response? Did I say I felt the same? <laughs> yeah. I it's felt so the same. simple. It was yeah. five words. I think you said it to Jeff Ruder of The Athletic. You said, well, I feel the same. Yeah. You know, I mean, hey, 
Zlatan's been a great player. Doesn't mean he's always right, by the way. <laughs> so, genius. There's a, there's a, genius and simplicity of just yeah. saying everything that he said about the match, that's funny. Yeah. Because you felt the same thing about their team. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. At the end of the day, you come off after some games and you, you're, you're so mad, you go, how the hell have we lost that game? Or why how have we not got three points? That wasn't one of them for them. They might have had him in the past, but that was not the game that they can say the same. Yeah, keep in mind, David Bingham got a yellow card in the 84th minute for time-wasting. Time-wasting. And, and, yeah, the, and think, we just went through it. He's had to come out with some big saves. We've had, you know, we've had, we had enough clear-cut chances to have won the game. So, yeah, he can keep his thoughts to himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this, is, uh, this is a team, LA Galaxy, full of stars. LA, um, Zlatan, excuse me, is, is arguably the biggest one. He's the third designated player. Some would argue he... Zigo might need a, a fourth designated player yeah. spot. And, yeah. and this is actually a team that had trouble at the beginning of the season even getting down to three designated players. This well, they had to team. pay one of them up. Yeah. To get him out to of the, the way. To the tune of several million dollars to just yeah. be roster compliant. This is a this is a team that, when you look at it, is is full of stars and, and you know national team players here and there for their respective countries. But, um, you know, this may be a bit, bit of a sidebar. Yes, but as we talk about a team that's so star heavy at the top with with LA Galaxy, what did you make of the quotes from Anthony Hudson this week? Because I think the quotes came out before your DC game um, about there being basically a massive gap in class. Because that's it. LA Galaxy is a team that has had David Beckham, Landon Donovan, Robbie Keane, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, uh, Jonathan Dos Santos, Giovanni Dos Santos. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Yep, you're looking at Colorado Rapids. Name a designated player from them. It's Tim Howard, I think. There we go. That's that's it. Yeah, and, and that, that's and that's arguably. Yeah, but it's it's the thing for me with this. What did you one, make of those comments? Well, I, I think obviously it was after the game. He was obviously very frustrated, and you, sometimes you say things that you think maybe I should have kept that one for another day or not said it at all. He might be thinking that, but the point that he's making is, for me, when people talk about parity within the league. The parity has never been what people think it is. Like FC Dallas's model of blooding youngsters from their academy is nothing like what the Galaxy's is. Like we just said, the Galaxy had too many DPs this year. They had to pay one up to get him out of the way. So they're on different, completely different uh, agendas. That what FC Dallas are trying to do and what the LA Galaxy are doing is completely different. It's like I used to get so angry that first year we came in the league when people compared us to Atlanta. I'm thinking, are you serious here? There's a team that spent like 30 million on their front players. And people go, they're really good going forward, Atlanta. And I used to go in private, yeah, if I spent 30 million on our front guys, I think we'd be really good going forward as well. It's not the same. You know, we were too busy building a soccer yeah, specific. We were putting 30 million into a wonderful brew hall and in a, in a world class stadium for the next century. Exactly. So, and, you know, so it's not a level playing field at times. Now, there comes a time when, like now we are, we have got to the stage now where the next big thing for us has got to be investment in the team, which we've done in this off-season. You've seen the difference. You know, it's it's when somebody asked me after the second game when we had two wins on the out of two, what do you think's the difference this year? And, you know, people actually looked at me and thought I was maybe out of order. But I said, we've got better players this year. And that's the harsh reality of where you are. You know, when you're playing these big, big teams, you better have a good game plan if you're Anthony Hudson for the Colorado Rapids when he's going to play a team that's probably got 
four times the budget yeah. in terms of invested in players. Now, people don't want to hear that, I know. But the harsh reality of it is that generally the league table, there is one or two outliers, but the, the league table is not much different from where you, what you spend. Yeah, no, And that's I, not only in MLS, that's all over the world. I'm sure Alan Cox is saying the same thing at FC Cincinnati as they're starting to build a stadium. They're it, starting to figure out now and, and see where they are in three years' time. Exactly. So when they built the stadium and they start investing in the team, Alan Cox will be saying, yeah, I feel a bit better about the group now. Yeah. You know, but people have to understand that. Well, and, and, and that was that's frustration from Anthony, obviously, after the game. We get that. But when you look at the bottom line of what he's saying, you know, sometimes it's not any level playing field. No, you're right. And I start to start to wonder, you know, what's what's behind that? Because some have argued those are his players. He's the one that's brought those players in. But are they always his players? Well, you, you don't. We we never know from afar, do you? Because you don't know who's picking the players, who's who's it was making, the sporting director, if it was, it's, who's making the final decision. Is it the ownership? Is it the sporting director? Is it the coach? We, these are things that we'll never know. Maybe there's a message in there from him. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, I know we took a little sidebar there, uh, recapping the matches. We got LA Galaxy done and dusted, put a bow on that one. We talked about some controversial comments that was made by Colorado Rapids head coach Anthony Hudson. Um, so what I want to do now, we're up against a break. So let's properly dive in to the first win at Allianz Field yesterday afternoon on a national broadcast. Fox Sports 1 had it. We had the call here on Scored North. Uh, an incredible day. A memory was made, a moment in Minnesota soccer history. Minnesota United got their first win at their new stadium, Allianz Field. Let's break it down. Let's talk more about it when we come back. Jonathan Harrison's the producer. Adrian Heath's the star. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. This is the Adrian Heath Show on Score North. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into the Adrian Heath Show here on Score North. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. It's a beautiful Monday, April 29th here in the Twin Cities. We've got head coach of Minnesota United, Adrian Heath, here. And last segment, we broke down the LA Galaxy, which was a nil-nil draw. We also had another matchup since the last time we were in your ears on these airwaves here on Score North. It was a nationally televised broadcast. Fox Sports 1 was in the house. World Cup final commentator John Strong was joined by American soccer legend Alexi Lawless. Legend, did you say? Yeah, Alexi gave me 20 bucks to say that right I now. I was going to say, he must have paid you something <laughs> to say it. Come on, it's Alexi Lawless. The middle schooler in me was so excited to see him yesterday. It's the goatee, it's everything, it's... You know, it's great. He was he was really good. He joined us for a, a podcast with yeah. Minnesota United. You can find that on the app or MNUFC.com. A really great discussion with Callum Williams, Kendra D. St. Aubin, and myself. Um, did the State of the Union podcast that he hosts. You joined in on that at the Brewer Hall Saturday night. How was yeah. that? Yeah, it was good. It was good. He, you know what Lexi's like. He has He's controversial. He says one or two things that... Not many. Sometimes people don't agree with, shall we say? But I think he's interesting. I think the other thing is, well, you know, I've I've heard him called a lot of things, but legend was never one of them. Certainly not in Europe, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would you Would you prefer infamous? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, Alexi Lawless was uh, was on the color commentary with John Sean Kitty with him joining him from Fox Sports One. Uh, an afternoon kickoff. A little yeah. midday matinee. Don't like him. No, no never like the twelve thirty kickoff. No. Not a cloud in the sky. Fifty degrees on a Sunday in April. What, what's wrong with you? I'd rather it have been five o'clock, cold and rainy, and proper football weather, and 
everybody gets ready for the game at the right time. This is breakfast time. You're getting ready for the game and you're having your breakfast. I'm, I'm not into that one. Jonathan, how do we feel about that? We had frittatas upstairs in the press I box. Say, I breakfast. was fine with it. I was having lunch. Yeah, we had a, we had a combination of frittatas and nachos upstairs, so it was, yeah. it was perfect for me. The wind was throwing it all over the place in the booth, though. Don't so. you hate that when nachos get thrown everywhere? <laughs> it's just the worst. Yeah. There was none of them in our room, trust me. <laughs> Imagine that's what you guys have in two yeah. moments for a kickoff as yeah. well. The guys just imagine a whole mess of nachos and Ozzy Alonzo's pregame. It, it was imagine not- cheese stain on his drift kit jersey. <laughs> it was, uh, but it was nice to have the national team uh, broadcast there. Yeah, so you, you saved uh, one of your best um, best moments of the season for a national broadcast. Let's let's uh, let's start with it. You had the choice now with Jan Gregish and. Francisco Calvo, both available for selection. Uh-huh. You had made two changes prior to the LA Galaxy game to your back line, bringing in Eric Miller and Brent Coleman. Now you have a choice to make. Yeah. So, with that in mind, how did the process of making that decision on do we keep the same back four? Do we keep the same team overall? Do we keep the same shape? Yeah. How did those decisions get made in the four days that you had from Wednesday night until Sunday afternoon with you and your coaching staff? Well, I think the most the first thing is that, that whenever you make any decision, you know, I want to get this clear. And well, let's talk. I'll, I'll say it then. You, you, you obviously had Francisco Calvo. Yeah, so you but, had him, and you and he, he obviously was not but, but in the eighteen. But every decision that I make, every every team selection that we do, is for one thing. And that's to win the game, and regardless of the names on the team sheet. When I sit down with the staff and go, I am thinking that this is going to be the team. Thoughts, people have their own opinions. Then ultimately, I have to sit down and go, okay, this is what we're going with. And I just felt that we'd. We'd kept a clean sheet, which is something that we've been on about for a while. It's something that people have been, you know, beating us over the head with the fact that our goals against Colum is not good enough, which we agreed with. So then I felt that the players that played against a really good Galaxy team and restricted Zlatan the way that we did, the things we've just been speaking about, I think they deserved another opinion, another chance to go again. Is it a coincidence that we got another clean sheet? I'm, I'm not sure, but certainly that group of four were excellent on, on, on the night again against Galaxy and were excellent on Sunday. So, you know, it proved to be a decent decision because ultimately the result tells you whether you're right and wrong. And um, not an easy de- decision with the Francisco, but, you know, he was extremely disappointed. So I felt then that maybe it would be better to leave him out altogether, not have him on the bench, etc. And then we'll make another decision come this weekend. Um, but, you know, as I said, I'll repeat that. I only ever make decisions for the one reason, is that's to try and get a result for well, the group. And, and to call a spade a spade, now he's got a week to, to prove himself to be a part of the team. Yeah, obviously, he's, you know, at the end of the day, I, I get what players are like because they, they get really, you know, they get angry when they're not played and when they, when they get left out of the group. He's the captain as well, so it may be a bit more for him. But at the end of the day, I had to make that decision. I think it was proved and vindicated to be the right decision because we were excellent again. You know, going back to the game, I thought that after the first 10, 15 minutes, you know, they had a real little 10, 15 minute spell where we gave them too much respect. We didn't get after them enough. We didn't put them under 
enough pressure. We didn't get them out of their comfort zone. You know, and that was very much the message at half time. If we want to take something out of this game, we've got to get about them more. We've got to get in there further up the field. We've got to get in there off the field. We've got to put people under more pressure and make people play quicker than they want to. And I thought we did a really good job of that in the second half. And, and you know, I thought some of our play was excellent. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was obviously a big performance. You're on the back of a performance in which you get a shutout. Then you start to run back the the same back four. Yep. And obviously we we talk about, you know, Francisco Calvo being out. The next topic then that goes down the, the, the 1A to 1B, then Ozzy Alonso wore the armband in the LA Galaxy game. Yep. Then he wore it again in the second game. So going back to your choices, who's your captain moving forward? Well, we'll, we'll wait and see. It's obviously a decision that's going to have to be made. Um, well, that will be determined by who plays. You know, obviously, it's uh, if Francisco plays at the weekend, then we'll have a decision to make on that. So... That's probably not been decided yet, but in my mind, I know which way we're going to go with this one. Um, but, you know, I think it's only right that the players know first. But um, we also tweaked the shape a little bit for the... That was my next question. Yeah, for the, the for the game at the weekend. We went more to a 4-3-3 to combat their five at the back or three at the back. They play very much a 3-4-3 with the two white guys coming in. You know, uh, Rodriguez and... Um, Hara on the other side, no, on the near side no, too. R- R- Rodriguez and oh, uh, Acosta That's coming right, okay. in under Wayne. And they're, they're very good at it. You know, the two Argentinian kids are very, very smart at getting in between the lines, getting in their pockets. And we know that Acosta, his little relationship with, with Rooney is very special. It's probably been the catalyst for what this run of results and the fact that they... They top of the league. People didn't mention that at the weekend. Yeah, first they place came, in the Eastern Conference. They came in top of the league. So they, five two and two coming into the matchup, undefeated on the road. Yeah, so it, it was it was a big game for us. And I, as I say, I thought the second half, the second half actually was the most pleasing for the season for me because of the way we went about our job. You know, and as I said to you earlier, the the level of performance will always be important for me because sometimes you can win and not play well. If you continually put a really good body of work in for 90 minutes and the performance and everything that we're asking of the players, I will take that because I know that if we do what they ask of them, nine times out of ten, that will be enough to get as a result. That's Adrian Heath giving his breakdown of the win against DC United. Um, first half, real highlight of it, uh, Donovan Pines scores what he thinks is going to be uh, the go-ahead goal. Uh, video review mm. um, goes in the way of Minnesota United. It's ruled that Brian kind of pulled... Vito's arm down, keeping him from being able to go, maybe punch, get a hand on it, uh, redirect the cross in which Pine scored on. Um, having looked back on it, do you agree with the decision? I think it's a decision. Well, obviously you do, but let's, let's no, we'll, unbiasedly. We'll, 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 agree, we'll agree that if any team needs a ball going their direct direction, it's us. Because <laughs> we've been on the, the bad end of how many of these over the... I think it was the league who put out, we had three times more what they considered to be poor decisions than anybody in the league. That, that's from the league. So, so you have we, a bit of good faith, good karma. So we, to go we were due one we felt. And, and I, I have to say that had that been at the other end, I would have been extremely disappointed to have had the goal choked off. Okay, so 1-0 gets erased. It comes back 0-0. We get to halftime. Second half, you said you were the most pleased with that half of your team. Um, it just had this sense and this feeling that you had them up against the ropes. And you were giving them body blows one after another, but it was just that final knockout punch. Yeah. 
And then in the 82nd minute, ball gets played out. Miguel Ibarra. Well, you, let's Miguel Ibarra enters the matchup. Yeah, obviously Darwin got a, a, an injury in the first half. Yeah, so how how is Darwin? Before we get to that that goal, let's talk about Darwin. How is he? And the change you make bringing in uh, Miguel Ibarra for Darwin. Well, he's had his he's had uh, his X rays and everything today, and his uh, his MRI scans, and it was. Um, Everything's come back negative, so that's that's a positive for us. Um, there's going to be no long-term damage there. How long he's going to be, I don't know. We'll have a better idea in the next 48 hours. His ankle's extremely swollen, and um, so we'll see. But I have to say that uh, Miguel come on and actually gave everybody in the stadium and his own teammates a lift. I thought he was excellent when he come on, and... Um, I thought the second half performance for me, because everything I like about teams is being positive, doing what you can to influence the game. Everybody stepped up, and I thought, I thought, as a, as a collective, it's it's the most pleased I've been because our movement, our our balls into uh, Angelo Rodriguez, he started at back end. We started to use him properly. We got penetration in wide areas. We got good ball circulation through the middle of the pitch with Aussie and Jan and Ras. And I thought, once again, considering they're attacking, I think they're second or third highest goal scorers in the league. We restricted Wayne to what? A couple of free kicks and I don't think almost only effective on set pieces. I don't think Vito had a big, big save to make. Maybe the one for the 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 goal that was disallowed beforehand. He had the save. So when you consider we've played a really good attacking team and restricted them to maybe one decent chance, I was really pleased with the group. Uh, It uh, it was really a good performance from your team in the second half. Um, So the the play starts to build. You're getting good movement from your team. Opportunities seem to be coming. Uh, Miguel Abar has a shot that's cleared. Um, wonderfully by Bill Hamid, Angelo Rodriguez is taking the youngster Donovan Pines, who's six foot five, a massive guy, giving him a little bit of lesson of positioning in the box and doing a good job of of being that number nine for you. And then ultimately, what was probably so frustrating for you was it had seemed as though nobody was getting across Bill Hamid on any mm-hmm. of the services from Metzner, from Eric Miller, and I know that's a big frustration for you. Well, you know, You're getting crosses, but... Somebody's got to get across the goalkeeper. Somebody's got to make near-post runs. Somebody's got to affect the keeper. Because I guarantee you, if people make near-post runs, the goalkeeper follows you. Well, he has to. So, and if you're then, He's you don't get to the, the ball, first one. then... Exactly. So then let's get to the goal on the 82nd minute. Miguel Ibarra sprays the ball out wide to Roman Metzner. Metzner is looking for Angelo Rodriguez, making a run across Bill Hamid. The ball comes in, Angelo with Pines right on his back, swings at it. Does he touch it? Does he not touch it? We'll talk about that in a second. And the ball ends up in the back of the net. What was that moment like for you on the sideline and just seeing the stadium erupt and you getting the just reward for the hard work in the second half? Well, I think that the, the important thing, I was so I was pleased for the players because there's nothing worse when you're doing everything that people are asking of you and you never get a break. I think he even said that on the, the national uh, commentary with Katie I, with him, yeah. I just said hey we need a break here we're doing everything right we're playing really well we're getting too many we're getting men in the box you know Bellamy's made two great saves from Miggy we've had good chances we need a break and you know I thought it was a great ball from Romain and I don't care whether Angelo touched it or not I think he Did said he, he touched it honestly he, you had I, a great angle of it from where I was at first I didn't think he, he touched it but apparently he said he did so that's good enough for me I mean, let's take a vote here, Jonathan. I mean, what striker's not going to say they touched it? 
Yeah, I mean, look. Because if he don't claim it, I might claim it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if, if it's all up for grabs, I think you, Jonathan, I think you touched it the same yeah, I yeah, touched yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Adrian, I think we all had the same amount of touch on it. Yeah. But Angelo, uh, of course, he's a center forward. He's going to take it. He's going to. No, but it was it, the relief. You could you could feel it in the stadium, the relief for the crowd and for the team. And, and then you look at the clock and you go, oh, tick, no. Tick, 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 We've tick, got eight tick, minutes tick. left and you think there's going to be, a, you know, how many minutes is he going to put on? But even after that, I thought that we defended really well and we still looked dangerous on the break. We could have, you know, I was just hoping we could kill it off on one of the counterattacks, but we we didn't quite manage it. But hey, I, I was I was so pleased with the players because even even when you're playing against the clock, I thought our play and our determination to keep him in there off of the field was was terrific. So then the final whistle goes. Yep. And you hear those beautiful chords start to play. Yeah. What was that moment like for you? Knowing that you had just gotten your first win at Allianz Field and you cue Wonderwall. Well, I, I think it's become, obviously, it's, it's like reverberating around MLS and Europe. You know, this was on live in English TV and people were talking about the Wonderwall experience after the game. They actually showed it in, on British TV. So, you know, it's going further ashore. It's on the, national TV for two minutes straight. Yeah. So, but it's it's a great it's a great ritual at the end of a game when you've won a game. I was just pleased for everybody connected with the club. I love the fact that the ownership group were all there. I love the fact that, you know, it, it was at the end, we scored the goal at the end where Wonderwall was. It was everything, you know, it was, it was a terrific end to what was a great day. A moment you'll never forget. Yeah, it is. Cause it's, I know how important it is for everybody here. You know, I, as I said, I'm, I was pleased for the ownership. I was pleased for the players. I was pleased for the supporters. And uh, it just capped what was a great day for us. Oh, an incredible moment. Chills. Chills still thinking about it. You hear some 24 hours later. But all right. We are two segments done. Yep. We've got one final segment to go. When we come back, we'll get our Mount Rushmore in. We'll preview the Seattle Sounders coming up. And we will rate Cal's call. Stick around. Still plenty more to come as we wrap up the Adrian Heath Show here on Score North. Here we go. One final segment tonight on the Adrian Heath Show. Come down to the home stretch. This has been a very tactic, soccer, deep dive edition of the Adrian Heath Show. We've talked the LA Galaxy. We've talked the win against DC United with head coach Adrian Heath. So, let's just let the hair down a little bit. Yeah. What little you've got left from coaching me after yeah. all those years. Yeah. Let's have a little bit of fun here with this final segment, Adrian. Go on then. Let's do a little bit of Mount Rushmore. Okay. So, here's what we do. By the way, week, I'm going to need more time for this Mount Rushmore. You're giving me 10 minutes before the show goes on air. Ain't much time. Yeah, well, I want your, I want your if it's the, the gut reaction, it's probably the right reaction. Okay. I've never said that before, but yeah, it sounded yeah, good. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, <laughs> I wonder if that one would work yeah. ever on a bad scenario. Yeah, it's a gut reaction. It's the right yeah, reaction. Yeah. Um, what we're going to do, we go the best four of. It doesn't have to say the best four ever in history. The best four to you yeah. of whatever. The Mount Rushmore to you. And we like to do one soccer-specific and one non-soccer-specific topic. And tonight, Adrian, I want you in the non-soccer-specific topic your best for your Mount Rushmore of vacation destinations. Speaking of letting your hair down, yeah, this this wasn't very odd for me. You don't like to, you don't get a chance to let your hair down very often and go on vacation. But when you do, yeah, your best for your Mount Rushmore of vacation destinations. Okay, first one's going to be a double up. Oh, that's not how this works. But whatever, Trisha, yeah. you can do whatever you want. 
So first one is going to be Australia and New Zealand. Oh, okay, all right, that works. For anybody who's I'll never, give you that. if you're going to go that far, you have to do both. You you're don't not go, wrong, yeah. You don't go all the way to Australia and don't go that. We'll extra. get there next time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't. You're not doing that. So you got to go both. So I'm sure Boxy will be happy with this one. Yeah, but, there uh, you go. Okay. I got. I got to say that uh, there's just so much. There's so much good things in them two countries. I don't care what you like about uh, whether it be sand, whether it be sun, sea buildings, whether it be the people, New Zealand and Australia is absolutely an incredible place to go. And I know for the American people and maybe some people haven't travelled as much because you have everything here. If you're going to go and travel a long way, go to, go to Australia and New Zealand. You the, sold on me. That's on my bucket list. That's the, a good the one. The people are incredible. The places are incredible. and It's just, uh, it's just I, I get why people want to live there. I think it's one of the number one destinations where people want to emigrate. Just back to. up and move on. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. That's one for you. Number two. I'm going to say number two because I got married in Bermuda. Ah, there we go. It's, it, yeah. I've been there before. It's Bermudiful. Yeah. Oh. Ah, that was on a crappy t-shirt I bought. Man. Yeah, I know. A crappy t-shirt, a crappy I thought I, got enough, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I got enough of the puns on Score North Live with Matthew Collar. Now i got to deal, yeah. deal with it here. You are just rolling so, yeah, right so into it. Great, in great island. Hour. I really like Bermuda. Beautiful, beautiful. And uh, as I say, I got married on Bermuda. In Bermuda. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so it was uh, yeah, good memories, and uh, I do like it. It's a great place. Mrs. Heath, yeah, it's uh, you, fitting. Beautiful lady, deserves yeah. a beautiful place to get married. There we go. Number three for you. Italy. Italy. Yeah. Like so a little, back bit, of, uh, little back, bit of the pasta? Well, you know, I'm a bit of Italian food snob, but I love Italy. I love the culture. I love the history. You know, you can go everywhere, and it's you, you can't eat bad food. You can't you can't go a day without seeing something that you go. This is incredible. Whether you go to Rome, whether you go to Verona, whether you go to the, it doesn't matter where you go. Anywhere yeah. down the Adriatic, or you go down the Med, it's it's beautiful. Positano, all them little seaside coastal towns, it's breathtaking. Go on one of the little uh, the little gondola rides. Well, you can go to Venice if you want. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, that's that sounds romantic. Oh, Lake, there we go. They're romantic in you. Lake Como, incredible for people who've never been. <laughs> there we yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. Not uh, not Como Lake here in Minneapolis, but yeah. Lake Como, slightly yeah. different. Uh, number four for you, fourth and final. Um, because I lived there for a couple of years, Barcelona in Spain. Oh, yeah, it's. Um, Is I it think... Barcelona or Barcelona? Uh, Barcelona. Oh, look at you, so cultured. <laughs> Those of us from here, we say that it's like it's like if you're not from there, you say Wayzata. If you're from there, it's Wayzata. Yeah. Barcelona, if you live yeah. there. It's uh, for people who have not been again. It's incredible. You've got everything that you want. You can be on the beach in the day, two hours in the mountains. You can be skiing. You got incredible architecture with Gaudi. You've got incredible restaurants. You've got incredible theatre. You've got incredible football with the Barcelona football stadium. Espanol, the team I played for. It's just cultural delight for anybody who wants anybody who wants to go to Europe you can't go wrong with uh, going to Barcelona sold I want to go there yeah. that sounds awesome for me quick four go on then uh, Thailand yeah. honeymoon went there incredible place where'd Beautiful. you go uh, we went to flew into Bangkok then went to Phuket we yeah. went to a couple other little small cities in nice there oh. Phuket lovely yeah, yeah incredible the yeah. Um, there's also a pun about that city's name but I won't say that okay. one that one's a little bit okay. different um, second, England. I love going to England. Yeah, catching a football match. I actually thought about putting it in. Yeah, you know, you don't want to seem too biased. Well, I knew you'd like that one. Yeah. Number three, Hawaii. Yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place. Um, and number four, vacation destination for me. I've never been there, but I want to go there, and I think I'm gonna go there. It's like always been on my bucket list. South Africa. Yeah. You ever been? No. No. Uh, it's well. 
Okay, then that kills the conversation. All right, yeah. rolling right into the soccer-specific Mount Rushmore. Your best yeah. for Adrian Heath here on the Adrian Heath Show. Your Mount Rushmore of soccer games that you've attended. So I'm, I'm going to be a bit biased with a couple of them. One I was actually watching. Okay. The other one I was involved in. Okay. First one I'm going to say is Boca against River. Oh, uh, La Bombonera. La Bombonera. Boca against River. Two hours before the kickoff, I'm in the stadium. That You can't move. And Boca were losing the game and came back and won, scored two goals in the last two minutes to win the game against River, you can imagine. This is when, as well, the opposing teams could travel. So the atmosphere within the stadium was incredible. I remember I was there with Peter Reed, who's my, my good friend who played, who played together for years. And he actually said to me when Boca's second goal went in, I think the stadium's moving. Yeah. It feels like it's shaking. It looks like, like it, it does yeah. on TV. Yeah. So that, that's an incredible atmosphere, a game. And even if they don't play River, which obviously it's the big rivalry, it's the Classico. If ever, anybody is a football fanatic, you should go to this game. Absolutely. Go to the stadium. Number two for you? Um, Everton against Bayern Munich in the quarterfinals of the European Cup Winners' Cup in 86. Oh, yeah. There we go. You were playing uh, in it? Injured. So I couldn't play oh, in it. Okay. And, oh, okay. Good way to get around it. There you go. You were yeah, watching. You were yeah. attending it. Yeah. So Did you we, win that night? They, yeah. We drew the first leg nil-nil away in Germany. And everybody thought, well, that might not be a... And then we won nil down at half time. And then the, the lads came back and won 3 1 in the second half. Wow. And it was like the atmosphere in the stadium that day was something like I've never experienced. And it was, it was just a special, special night. Awesome. Third? Third one is going to be a game I played in. Okay. And people always talk to me about, oh, you played in the FA Cup final, you played in the semi final, you scored that goal. For me, one of my greatest moments of being in a stadium was when I think we as a group, as the players, realized that we. We aren't a bad team here. We beat Manchester United 5-0 at Goodison. Ooh. Could have been 10. I think we hit the crossbar in the post two or three times. Did you score? Yeah. How many? <laughs> two. But uh. There, you go. <laughs> there yeah. we go. You attended because but you it, were just witnessing it, greatness of yourself, but huh? It, it was, but it was, it was to be in the stadium that day. You know, I've, yeah. I've got friends of mine who still talk about that day because oh, it's, incredible. it's Man United at the end of the day and all of a sudden I think everybody realised you know, we've got a proper team here, and uh, that was the day I, I'll never forget at Goodison. There we go. Fourth and final. Rangers Celtic. Oh, well, Celtic old Rangers. Firm. Yeah, the old firm game. Another one, if you're a soccer crazy, this is a game that you, you've got to try and take in at some stage. You know, and it was Martin O'Neill's first game. In the, As manager uh, of Celtic? Yeah, 6-2. Wow. Enric Larson gets four goals. Oh, he's so it's a hat-trick, I think. He was it so was incredible. But that's another one. If... If you're a football connoisseur, you've got to go and try and see yeah. an old firm game in Glasgow because it is something because that transcends just soccer. Well, yeah, it, yeah well, it's, it's not it's not all about soccer. You know that it's mm-hmm. about religion. It's you know it's the Catholics, it's the Protestants, and it's it's everything all rolled into one. So it just sort of magnifies everything that much more. But uh, that's a good list. No bad. Good list. There we Come go. on then. Give I'll me give yours. you my quick four real quick. Uh, I saw England play Ukraine in the last game before they redid Wembley. Mm-hmm. So I got a chance to see the old Wembley. Really cool moment. 2-0 win. I think Tony Adams scored off of a corner. And uh, Sheringham, I think, scored. Okay. There we go. Um, Flamengo versus Fluminense oh, at the American A. Flau Flu. We saw that. That, yeah. was a, that was quite the match. We went with Ibsen. So he had to wear like a Mr. Potato mask <laughs> because he played for Fluminense and... They didn't. And he played for Flamenco, and they, yeah. they didn't quite like the fact that who no. he was. So he had to go in like a backdoor. Dead serious. Um, 
I saw Liverpool play Fulham at Anfield in 06, I believe, yeah. and just seen a game in Anfield. That's what turned me into a Liverpool so fan. Liverpool fan, yeah, I noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might win the league well, here course, pretty yeah. soon. Twenty nine years, by the way. Go on, let's go. <laughs> and then the last Uncount- one, uncounting. I will say that this past weekend's game, just because of the ending to it, yeah, the game against DC United will make my will make my list just because being on the field for that was an incredible, unforgettable moment for me. So brilliant. There we go. There's my four. So quickly, uh, we are getting to the end of the show here. So I want to get your quick thoughts, preview in Seattle. I know it's early. We've got to see which players will be out the yeah. suspension, who will be back uh, you know, healthy at the end of the weekend. Well, I, I what see, do you see from Seattle? Well, you know, hey, every year they're near the top, aren't they? They're there. They, they had an incredible second half of the season last year. Um, and they've started again, you know, they started okay. But the last couple of games and It'll be interesting to see whether all Dan plays. They've, uh, if they appeal his red card. They, do you think, do you think it'll be, get overturned? I don't think so because of the letter of the law. And the precedent that's been set to the So state, if they yeah. change that, when he has put his hand in his face, even Brian Schmetzer admitted that he put his hand in his face, which I was a bit surprised at because it's very, very harsh. You know, but they, 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 they're going to appeal. So it'll be interesting because Roldan's a, a big piece for them. Sure. Um, It'll Does be Rudy Diaz come back? Is Bruno exactly, back? yeah, and obviously Rudy Diaz and all that. So, so we know they're going to do well. Big game for Ozzy, of course. You know, huge moment for Ozzy. The the players were talking about that in the dressing room. You'll find out who he liked and who he didn't like as a teammate. Yeah, I, I've got a, who he kicks and who he doesn't help a, up. And I've got a suspicion <laughs> that he might see a little bit of. Uh, <laughs> Nicholas Lodero, a little bit. <laughs> I think so because they're playing the same. I sort hope of, he didn't like him, so yeah, I'll kick yeah. him a little harder. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's going to be a tough game for us. But it's one we should look forward to. We've we've had three games at home now. We haven't been beaten. You know, if we can go and get three points, that would be great. It sets us up nicely. So, uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm going into the game with full of confidence. I've got a lot of faith in this group, and uh, I think we can go and win the game. Now that'll be a big matchup again coming up Saturday, May 4th. Kickoff set for 7 o'clock. Coverage starts here, 6.30 p.m. on Score North. That game will also be on Fox Sports North as well, so you'll be able to see the broadcast of that. As we do, we end the show always with rating of Cal's call. Last week, you gave a very generous 8. You loved the call from Cal and Williams this week. We're going to take it back to the not-too-distant past. 24 hours ago, oh. Angelo Rodriguez or Roman Metzner, it doesn't matter. One of them scores. I've not heard this. Angelo takes credit for the goal here. The 1-0 win on a scale of 1-10. to 10, You get to rate play-by-play commentator Callum Williams' goal call. Adrian Heath, it is time for you to rate Cal's call. Maybe they can bag a goal here. This is Miguel Ibarra manoeuvring towards the edge of the penalty area and forced to spray the ball out to the right-hand side. Romain Metinair, early ball in and angle ball in as well! It's in! Romain Metinair! Well, Angelo Rodriguez will do just about everything he can to claim it, but the last touch came from Romain Metinair. It may have been misguided, but Minnesota United are far from that. They lead with nine minutes to play. 1-0. Oh, he was all over it early, so, wasn't he? So Cal's give it to Romain then. <laughs> Cal, Cal's, Cal's eyes were pretty good there. Yeah. He saw that from the broadcast booth. Yeah. Well, we got, we got to give him the fact that it's, you know, it, it, it's the goal that gives us our first win. So he gets a little bit of a... We'll pad the, pad the score a little bit. Yeah, I think so. He did call it. He said, we'll see if they can bag a goal here. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a seven and a half. A seven and a half? Yeah. 
Great score. You know, I think that's well, I'm, I'm that swish around in the mouth a little yeah. bit. I actually think that's a very fair score to that. Yeah, even though Kel didn't wait to see who scored it, he, he's giving it remain, isn't he? The fact that he's gotten it right for me makes it a. Uh, a very good shout. I'm going to need a second more to think on this one. Jonathan. I liked that he called it before the goal actually went in. He goes, let's see if they can bag a goal here. I'll give that a little bit of a bump in the score. The fact that it's the the game-winning goal. And the fact that he keeps calling it Romain's goal. And the fact that it was Romain's goal. I'm going to give it an 8 here. I like it. You know what? Yeah. You sold me, Jonathan. I'm, I'm going closer to Jonathan. I'm giving it a 7-9 because I think that it was spot-on, foreshadowing, called it. Got it right from the broadcast booth. Knowing goal scorers the way I do, I hope Cal's not got any... Uh, he doesn't want to interview uh, Angelo later in the week for the podcast <laughs> or whatever. I'd be doing the same thing, and yeah. so would you. We're lying if we say we would. Hey, I just dropped the calf there. So, yeah. Yeah. hey, Adrian, a great show, great performance from your team this week. The back mm. of two shutouts, 191 consecutive minutes without giving up a goal now. Here's to many more minutes keeping that streak going. Here's to another big performance this week, and we'll see you back here next week after the Seattle Sounders match. Look forward to it. Thank you very much for your time tonight, Adrian. Jonathan Harrison, as always, we appreciate it. Thank you so much, buddy. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. We appreciate you listening in each and every week right here on Score North. This has been the Adrian Heath Show. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. Thanks for listening.